Welcome to the MUFG APEC Insights Podcast. Deforestation is one of the most pressing climate change issues facing the global community. It is especially serious in Southeast Asia, home to 15% of the world's tropical forests. The region's fast-growing agricultural business sector, rightly or wrongly, has long been identified as one of the contributors to deforestation. In this episode, we are joined by Elisa Minisketti, Vice President of MUFG's Digital Transformation Division in Singapore, and Amanpreet Singh, Director in the bank's ESG Finance Office for Asia-Pacific, who will be sharing how MUFG is empowering the region's agribusiness to generate greater efficiency and returns while also helping them protect the environment. Also joining us is Lionel Wong, Head of the Monetary Authority of Singapore's Green Fintech Office, to share his insights about how MAS is rallying the financial sector and other digital partners to promote sustainability and green finance in Singapore and across the region. The following podcast is for information purposes only. It is intended for professional investors and eligible counterparties and not for retail clients. Any content should not be regarded as an offer to conduct investment businesses or investment recommendations. All right. Thanks, everyone, for being a part of this discussion today. Let's begin with a quick round of introductions. Elisa, you are from MUFG's APEC Digital Transformation Team. Um, what does the team do? Hi, Heather. Thank you for having me here. Sure. So the APAC Digital Transformation Division works with the selected investees from MUFG Innovation Partners, or as we call them, MUIP, working in the fintech space to build new ventures, um, leveraging the latest technology trends. Um, and specifically, as we create new ventures and business models for the, for the bank, we work on untapped areas like sustainability and uh, financial inclusion, leveraging fintech. And thus far, uh, DTD, so the Digital Transformation Division, has identified the agribusiness sector as one of the sectors that stands to benefit the most from fintech-based solutions. And this is because we, we find it that it's one of the last sectors yes, yet to be fully digitized. Great. Thanks, Elisa. Now, turning to Aman, would you be able to talk us through what you and the MUFG ESG financing team are responsible for? Sure, Heather. Thank you so much. So, MEFG has committed 35 trillion yen towards sustainable finance activities. To achieve this goal, we realized it was important to engage the clients in a meaningful way around sustainability and ESG, which of course are buzzwords these days, but are also very important from a long-term business strategy perspective. That is why my team was set up in MUFG a year ago to really work with the clients across the Asia-Pacific region in the rapidly evolving space of ESG that cuts across different sectors and geographies. In essence, we are the center of excellence around ESG, which means there's never a dull day, and the team is constantly partnering with clients to simplify how to embed ESG into their business-as-usual strategy and eventually leading into the financing solutions around sustainability. Personally, for me, I also represent MUFG on the MAS Green Finance Industry Task Force. Great. Thanks, Aman. And finally, Lionel, perhaps you can share with us what you and your team in MAS is doing to promote the sustainability agenda in Singapore and across the region. Thanks, Heather. 
We see Asia as key to the global sustainability agenda, accounting for almost 50% of the world's carbon emissions and in excess of that for energy consumption. Now, as a global financial center and fintech hub, Singapore has a big role to play in terms of harnessing fintech to power the region's transition and drive the effective mobilization of capital towards green projects. Which brings me to the work being undertaken by the MES Green FinTech Office. Project Greenprint will establish foundational digital infrastructures capable of aggregating new and existing ESG data from verified ground-up sources, employing multiple solutions across multiple sectors, all with the goal of facilitating trusted data flows between the financial sector and real economy, not just locally, but regionally and even globally. Great. Thank you, everyone. Now let's move on to our topic today deforestation. Now, the fact that it is one of the most pressing environmental challenges that the world faces today requires little explanation. But in Asia Pacific itself, this issue is closely associated, rightly or wrongly, with the fast-growing agricultural business sector, especially in Southeast Asia. Uh, Elisa, perhaps you can provide some context. Why is the deforestation issue of particular concern in our region, and what has this got to do with the agribusiness sector? Heather, I think you're spot on. I think uh, that deforestation is for sure one of the most pressing environmental challenges that we face today globally. And maybe we can take a step back at what are some of the primary contributors to deforestation to date um, and why the agribusiness sector is seen as one of the biggest contributors to it. So again, deforestation is a global issue that is occurring at a rapid pace. Um, and obviously the increase in population growth has resulted in the burgeoning demand for agricultural goods, um, causing more clearing of forest areas to cater to production needs. And if we look at a bit at the data between uh, 2010 and 2015, about 86% um, of cumulative tropical deforestation occurred due to agricultural expansions. And in 2019 only, about 5.4 million hectares of forest was lost globally due to deforestation, uh, with uh, countries like Brazil and Indonesia accounting for about 54% of it. So massive numbers, right? And when it comes specifically to Southeast Asia, palm oil production is um, one of the commodities that is linked to um, deforestations, uh, which again, palm oil is something that gets produced primarily in Indonesia and, and Malaysia. And while um, in Malaysia, palm oil production is dominated by large companies, in Indonesia, the vast majority of palm oil gets produced um, at the smallholder level. Um, and in fact, in Indonesia alone, there are 2.67 million palm smallholders uh, whose production feeds into that of larger players. And again, to wrap up, I think there is a dire need to address deforestation and incorporate sustainability into palm oil supply chains. Right. So essentially, we have the power to protect the environment in Asia Pacific, right? Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely right. And, um, you know, in our work, we see that corporates in the agri-food sector try to gain better visibility of their supply chain, but they inevitably they suffer from uh, what we see as poor and unverified data that is collected from the field. Um, and this is because it's very difficult and costly to collect data from mills all the way down to the smallholders due to the fact that the supply chain is uh, so complex and so transparent. We have, we have observed that this leads to a mismatch between what is disclosed publicly and what is really happening on the ground. As a result of this, corporates are unable to verify their sustainability progress and again, raise green financing for their projects. And then on the other hand, we also have the financiers, right? That 
they try to deploy more green funds. Um, however, they are unable to find a way to, uh, again, baseline, monitor and, and track the progress um, of their funds. And that's why we, we find that it's important to have reliable audited data points that allow financiers to analyze and monitor progress so that they can effectively calibrate uh, the financing of green projects. Um, however, to date, there is no such tool, right, that helps financiers baseline sustainability before issuing green loans. Um, and then once they are issued, uh, that enable them to track sustainability uh, progress. So again, we think that both corporates and financiers would greatly benefit uh, from a solution that can help them visualize, track, improve um, all their sustainability um, objectives. Again, I think this is this could be a solution that um, that everyone would benefit from, and I think we can discuss this um, later on. Now, connecting to the you know connecting the topic of green finance back to Asia Pacific. Um, if I can turn the question back to Aman, one of the priorities of the ESG financing team is to guide our corporate clients in the region to achieve their sustainability objectives. Now, what are the challenges and opportunities that you foresee while doing so? Well. The opportunities are immense. I'm an optimist, Heather. Uh, and as what Lionel has said, Asia accounts for 50% of the greenhouse gas emissions. So there is enough opportunity in the market. However, the challenge is to ensure that we comply with the industry standard guidelines around financing and disclosures, which means we have to do the right thing and avoid any mismatch that Elisa uh, uh, alluded to on the earlier point. From an agribusiness perspective, as what Elisa also mentioned, it is very, very important to look at your entire supply chain and ensure we bring the different stakeholders along in the sustainability journey. This is where we have to balance the environment aspect with the social aspect, which includes financial literacy also, both of which, in my opinion, are very, very important. Thus. The themes like traceability, transparency, and impact reporting are very important things that corporates are taking note of, as we cannot forget that agriculture is one of the biggest sources of livelihood in Asia. When it comes to ESG financing, data availability becomes a key element, whereby corporates need to show their shareholders that they understand the material issues in the supply chain and are committed to improving them year on year. As they say, what gets tracked gets delivered. And that's what we are looking forward to in the ESG financing space. Another point uh, is the need for closer collaboration between the corporate, the financier, the auditor, the second party opinion providers, and the other stakeholders. This is important to produce an equitable and accredited system for actual progress in the greening efforts in the supply chain. To quote an example, MUFG and our partner bank in Indonesia, Bank Danamon, we have been issuing loans to firms and farmers alike through a mediator. We are constantly trying to innovate and think of new ways to synergize the issuance of green loans with other elements of agribusiness. And we believe that FinTech is a cornerstone in this process, which happens to be the area of collaboration we are working on. Thanks, Aman. Now, coming back to Lionel, as 
the head of MES's green fintech office, no doubt you would agree with the power of digital innovation in driving the region's net zero transition. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, in fact, Greenprint's mission, I think, cuts closely to the heart of the issues that Elisa and Aman have raised. How can we bring to bear the power of fintech to overcome the challenges faced by banks and corporates in terms of availability and access to comprehensive, high-quality ESG data across any value chain? Uh, so as to better deploy green tech solutions, perform more robust assessments of how green capital can be mobilized to assets and projects, and track commitments and KPIs through a range of conventional, as well as not so conventional data points such as IoT devices and satellite imaging. Now, a good part of this work entails better disclosures by corporates, as well as collection of ground-up data from source. And key to this are efforts by industry players to sense-make the wide range of data that's being pulled from these collections uh, which is why I think the Green On project ticks these boxes in a thoughtful, systematic way. And that's why the MES team is keen on working with MUFG to integrate Green On into the broader Greenprint schema. Thanks, Lionel. Uh, Elisa, would you be able to share more about this Green On platform? Absolutely. Thank you, Adder. Thank you, Lionel and Aman. So Green On was born thanks to the support of the Monetary Authority um, of Singapore and in the context of the project Greenprint um, that Lionel has elaborated on. Uh, earlier um, and is a, the result of a partnership between um, IAPS um, and MUIP FinTech Investee, uh, the Asian Institute of Digital Finance from NUS, um, GreenArc and CREAT. Um, and GreenOn is a data platform uh, enabling verifiable disclosure in the agri-food sector with the overall objective to improve decarbonization pathways and therefore mitigate deforestation. Um, and so the core technology objective of, of GreenOn is to enable data from the field to be digitally transparent, um, explainable, um, as well as auditable. And again, the core business objective of GreenOn uh, is, on the one hand, to enable corporates um, to verifiably disclose and report their sustainability efforts, uh, which may evolve to strict requirements starting from 2023, uh, and to enable green funding for the sustainability projects. And then uh, number two is also to enable financiers to scale and calibrate their loans to improve sustainability outcomes. And again, this process that GreenOn embarks on takes place on two fronts. So uh, we leverage satellite generated data um, and also the fact that there, there will be physical auditors uh, checking progress um, on the ground as well. So this is what we call a, sort of a bottom up approach. And uh, the collected data will be presented via what we call the sustainability dashboard, uh, which is um, a visualization tool um, that will be um, available to corporates and financiers in a totally private uh, settings. And, and then we'll be leveraging metrics like what we call the digital greenness credentials. So the objective is that we show financiers a clear view of their partner's projects should the partner choose to disclose such data with the financier for the objective of raising green loans um, and also scale um, their operations via selected green indicators to better inform their financing decisions. And then also corporates, um, again, the second stakeholder that GreenOn addresses, will get to display uh, certification from um, auditor bodies uh, that verify their projects, thereby increasing uh, and improving their chances of getting uh, green investments uh, from the financiers themselves. So overall, 
Prinon will basically enable both parties, financiers and corporates again, to showcase um, their sustainability efforts in a way that is completely transparent um, and then help them also collaborate these two stakeholders to hit um, those sustainability milestones um, in a way that is both measure- measurable and, and tangible. Thanks, Elisa. Coming back to Lionel, um, if I can invite you to share, you know, MES's perspective on this, how does Green On fit into um, the Green Print project? And more importantly, how does it contribute to MES's broadest strategy of promoting green finance and the mobilization of capital towards ESG? Thanks, Heather. Um, green Print is necessarily premised on inclusivity because we see everyone having a role to play in furthering the ESG agenda. Now, the intrinsic value of green print, I think, lies in the way we've structured that inclusivity around four interoperable utilities, uh, disclosure, data orchestration, blockchain-based registry, and an overlaying marketplace. Now, because there's a structure to how the parts interact and power the whole, so long as someone has ESG data that's of value, we've got no problems finding avenues within green print to leverage that. So take, for example, an IoT provider that might have been having isolated conversations with certain banks or green techs. If you take that same IoT provider and plug it into our registry, you'd unlock a network effect of having clients consent to their data being accessed by multiple banks and green techs that are connected to Greenprint on a needs basis and subject to consent, of course. And it's not just about access, but more about tailored and purposeful use of that data. For instance, extracting relevant aspects to help banks validate their own disclosures, triangulate scope one, two, and three emissions, support green financing assessments for projects, and tracking actual impacts generated by their investments on the ground. Now, from the very onset, the agribusiness vertical has been of keen interest to many involved in green print, not just because of its significance, but also its latent ability to serve as a key contributor to climate change. That's it. That's a real challenge in trying to intermarry the use of fintech-powered finance with a business model that remains steeped in traditional methods and ground-level implementation. And this is where we applaud the, the efforts of MUFG and the consortium to tackle the problem head-on, putting boots on the ground to understand the dynamics, empowering on-site stakeholders with the tools and knowledge, and orchestrating the data needed to assemble a robust methodology to measure impact and ultimately drive change. Is the agribusiness industry the only sector that will stand to benefit from such a green digital push? Ah, not, not at all. Um, green print casts a wide net that spans other sectors such as transportation, manufacturing, building and construction, renewable energy, and so on and so forth. The universality of the registry is what allows it to be used for virtually any sector, uh, which is why we're keen to work with consortium partners that are diverse and forward-thinking, to solution for multi-sectoral use cases. We're therefore pleased to work with you on Green On and, and seeing what the future entails for the solution that you've built up. All right, thank you, Lionel. Now, coming back to Aman, do you think Green On will drive further discussions with our clients and their ESG requirements? Absolutely, Heather. Our clients are looking at us to bring ideas and also innovative solutions, and this is where Green On fits the bill. If you look at the entire space around ESC disclosures and reporting, it is and it can be very, very complicated for the corporates. And I think this is where having a data availability, as what Lionel has pointed out in the objective of Greenprint, is going to be very useful. Another case in point is the rise of climate tech over the past year, along with the overall ESG financing market. 
I think it's a testament on the demand side of the equation. And I have confidence that the Green On team, along with the wider Project Green Print community, they will continue to evolve and solve the issues that our clients are facing. And I think this is where we can be applicable to our clients to drive the discussions further. Well, there's definitely a lot of potential for businesses to leverage green fintech solutions to collaborate and share information effectively and transparently. So as we wrap up this podcast, does this mean that we're one step closer towards addressing the deforestation issue in the region? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, this is certainly a step in the right direction. And, and I also think that there's not one single silver bullet uh, to hide deforestation in the region and much less so. Uh, globally. And in my view, what is required is um, a concerted effort by multiple stakeholders, such as banks, um, the corporates, uh, the government, and also leveraging the latest technology to provide a clear and, again, transparent data to bring us closer to our end goal, which is, again, a stop deforestation from happening. Yeah, adding to what Elisa said, um, we're certainly a step closer, I think, but I'm also mindful that we can ill afford to tread slowly on the long and winding path to net zero. Uh, it's therefore critical for us to continue building on efforts to maximize impact and output by employing technology as deeply and as robustly as we can. As I mentioned, we're very keen to work with like-minded partners like MUFG on this. Yeah, thank you, Lionel. And really, we strongly believe in the potential that GreenOn presents as a, as a solution uh, by creating a platform for players such as banks and, and corporates in the agribusiness sector to address uh, the deforestation issue collectively. And again, if it's, a, it's just a first step, uh, but it's, it's a critical first step that we hope will lead a way for, for more solutions in time uh, to come. And, and just like what Lionel said, uh, we're always on the lookout for opportunities and areas where, again, our regional presence as a financial institution can be tapped on to promote digitalization and improve access to financial services, um, as well as, you know, the issuance of, of, of green uh, funding. And again, Green, green On uh, right now is focusing on the agribusiness sector because we identify this as one of the most important ones to, to address, attract the green funding to, but is by no means pigeonholed um, for that sector only. We plan to expand and, and improve our capabilities, um, and we would like to call on corporates and, and banks alike who you know, share our vision for the future to come and contribute. And you can find Green On and have a better idea of what it looks like uh, visually uh, by looking looking for www.greenon.io. Thanks, Alice. I think, that, and Lionel, that was fantastic. Um, I think the last comment from me uh, would be COP26 got a lot of countries committed around uh, deforestation and ending it. And I think that was the start of the strategy and the vision. And Green On is really the execution to enabling the countries achieve that goal. And I think as we build up to COP27, we hope to hear more around the progress. And I do hope the Green On team, along with MAS, will continue to drive and develop innovative solutions that can help our clients and governments alike to achieve the goal that has been set out in COP. So that's it from me, an exciting year and uh, journey ahead. Great. Well, this is certainly a good start to an important conversation on how initiatives by both the public and private sectors will be crucial in helping local companies and communities innovate and become more sustainable. So again, Aman, Lionel, Elisa, thank you all so much for your time. And we look forward to having you again on our podcast. Take care. Thank you for listening to the MUFG APEC Insights podcast. 
This episode is available on Podbean, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Rate, review, and subscribe, and reach out to an MUFG sales representative for business inquiries.